It is Tuesday, September the 29th, 2020, episode two of Flyover Politics. I am Adam, joined by Sean. Sean. Oh yeah, should we actually, should we start doing it that way instead of me speaking on your behalf? Let's do that one more time. I'm Adam. And I'm Sean. Yeah, there we go. See? I won't even edit that out. I'll leave that in. Sorry. Uh, two dudes bumblefucking their way through a podcast. I mean, we really should figure that that part out. So I'm I'm fine with just leaving that. So okay. Um, from now on, I'll shut up. I'll just say my name next time, and then you'll say your name, and then we'll. So we'll. It's a work in progress. This this entire return of the show, I would call a work in progress. So you you get to hear it play out uh, as we progress. But tonight we wanted to come back because tonight was the first uh, presidential debate between President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. The overwhel- I, I the only solace I take in what we just watched was um, pretty much universally everybody on my Twitter feed hated it. Um, I granted I'm not like yeah. knee deep in the the MAGA Twitter, you know, because you can always tell when you're when you're in MAGA Twitter when all of a sudden people have American icons attached to their their Twitter username, mm-hmm. um, and then you click onto it and they have like a photo of them with Donald Trump in like the the top background or something, <laughs> right? Right. And I, but I, I have a, I follow an eclectic group of people in politics, like people that are far right wing, people that are far left wing. And I would say, and I don't know about you because I know you've been growing your follower base on Twitter the last couple months, uh, more so over the last year. Um, I would say universally the feedback was overwhelmingly negative and that, and I'm not saying that they were negative towards Biden and negative towards Trump. They were negative for the entire, uh, process uh, just, just thought it was a complete mess. Um, I'm sure we're, we're there, there's, we're, we're going to be kind of bouncing all over the place in terms of thoughts on the debate, but I want to quickly take it back to our conversation from a few days ago when we gave uh, a prediction and your prediction was that Trump was going to win. I actually don't recall giving a prediction because I think you, you kind of took the words out of my mouth a little bit with what you said and, and that you were kind of insinuating that Trump's just naturally a better debater. He's this is kind of like his element. No, I, I it wasn't necessarily he's a better debater. It's that he doesn't accept the premise of a debate. That okay. you like it, I didn't think it would be as unhinged and nutso as what he did tonight because he was just like he wouldn't let Joe Biden's brain engage with a thought. Like it was working pretty hard to engage with thoughts, right? But like he could see the gears going and he just kept sticking up like poking a stick in the spokes and picking a scab and poking his smooth brain. And just like Joe could not get any momentum going. And Trump was a bully. Like he, he did. He, he was Trump. (laughs) There's no, like, that's what you get folks. That's what you fucking voted for, for president. Like that's, that's what, uh, that's what his voters wanted out of him. But and they like. I don't that, know though. if they wanted exactly that. Are you I don't sure? Know if... Because I think they like that. I think that they, that just this the sense of when I talk to Trump voters, they that's that that's what they like. Yeah. They that really gets them like yeah like that. Well, I'm giving I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they wanted some level of presidential decorum. You think right? so? There wasn't even that tonight. Like no, he, no. He debased the entire thing. Uh, Joe Biden got into trying to go tit for tat, and Joe Biden started interrupting quite a bit. Like, like, not nearly as egregiously as Trump, but like, 
and Chris Wallace could oh, not maintain poor Chris any Wallace. sort of control. No, nah, not, not poor Chris Wallace. He signed up for that. I mean, he, he signed up he for it, but, but I don't even know if he that. was prepared for it to be that that bad. Who would be? I mean, we could see it coming. You knew that it was going to be a shit show. Like, we knew it was going to be a shit show. We just didn't know what flavor of shit show it was going to be. And but if you, it, and if it you didn't, exactly that. If you didn't see it, what, what Sean's referring to is the constant. And when I say constant, I mean constant interruptions by Donald Trump the entire time. Yep. And there was a moment near the end of the debate where I want to say it was about an hour and 20 minutes in where Chris Wallace and I tweeted this out. It's, I, I said it sounded like he had just had it. Mm-hmm. And he basically went over the rules, which I'm pretty sure he said at the very beginning of the debate, which is that both campaigns agreed that someone would not speak for, for a minimum of two minutes when the other person was talking. And Trump just immediately violated that, that whatever that rule or whatever that agreement right. was. He basically just shit all over it immediately, um, constantly interrupting Joe Biden. And then you're right, as the debate progressed, like 45 minutes in, Joe Biden was like, well, if this fucking guy's not going to abide by that rule, then why do I have to? And then it just got completely out of hand. And right. Wallace would try, and I gave him credit. I mean, I, 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 maybe you're not a, I, 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 the stuff that Chris Wallace, that that's a hard job. And I have to give him credit where credit is due because, and we briefly reviewed this on the last show, he has been you know, bringing up logical things on air on Fox news on a network that's generally pretty kind to the president. And he has been asking some pretty, I think, fair questions. Even if you're a Trump supporter, you have to admit the questions that he would ask on air or bring up on air or do give commentary about were fair. Um, you don't have to like that. He asked them, but I, it's completely fair in politics to ask questions, Mm -hmm. but he, he was, it was a struggle. You could just see it on his face. Like, this fucking guy's not going to listen to a goddamn word I have to say. And then what was strange though, too, is I, I was, I was hitting the, the, the trend, the debates, hashtag debates on Twitter. And I was noticing two responses to that approach of Trump supporters saying, well, it sounds like Donald Trump's not only debating Joe Biden tonight. And then I also saw people saying, wow, Chris Wallace is actually trying really hard to somehow wrangle this and, and bring it back in. And it's not happening. But that's when I, that's kind of when I was like, oh boy, here we go. Like you're, 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 some people just, they, they can't help themselves. They have to set the narrative that the odds are, the odds are, by the way, this is an incumbent president. So the odds are not stacked against him. He won. Right. So this idea that, that, that's kind of my other thing. And I know we'll, we'll get into the, the tit for tat stuff, but there were moments where the president was talking as if he wasn't the president. Right. But it was somebody else's doing that the country is where it is. It was very bizarre. Somebody else wasn't doing their job. Yeah, right. He, like, he won. He he's the person that sets. It's it's so strange when when he was and I I tweeted out that he was anybody surprised that he took zero responsibility for anything, because that that's his brand and right. It, it's so like there, there's been moments in in past presidential debates where a president, whether he likes it or not, has to just be like, well, I got to take responsibility for that one because I'm the president, mm-hmm. and I have to. Mm-hmm. There was none of that coming from Trump's side tonight. Um, and even when Biden was really, really bad and ineffective with the jabs that he would try to take, they were they would they they, they wouldn't land because Trump wouldn't Trump would just nope no. Nope. And it was it's almost exactly how you said it was going to play out when you gave your prediction of that he was just going to go nope, 
Didn't happen. Yeah. Nope. It, Dude is. He's masterful at it. You have masterful. to give him. Masterful. <laughs> like, I mean, he's not ma- like. There's nothing, I guess, to master. It's impressive. That. It's just like uh, you had 205,000 people die under you as president. No, I didn't. No, like, you, yeah, you did. Well, uh, Biden was worse with H1N1. Well, actually, actually, 14,000 people died. It's the what? And it went away in stuff. a few months. Yeah, that's the classic like, uh, what aboutism thing. Right. Yeah. It, and the like. My overarching like feedback is politics has become reality TV. And this was the perfect example that we're not even going to try and maintain any level of of collegiality uh, or keep the debates presidential of like an impeccable level of professionalism and speak to each other with, you know, calm, uh, any kind of calm demeanor. Like, the this is a, a shit show. We live in clown world. Like the like Americans are so inundated with reality TV that we've allowed and encouraged our politics to come to this because the media will eat this up. Oh God! Can you imagine eat it up for like this will be the one thing that yeah. maintains a news cycle. There will like. The one thing that Trump has done that maintains a news cycle is completely debase the idea that a presidential debate could be anything other than this monumental feat of democracy, right? Like the the can you like can you imagine being another country? Pick a country. I don't give a fuck which one. Uh, let's go with uh, Norway. Norway, sitting there and going. Those people are the air quotes leaders of the free world with more nukes than everybody else combined. The biggest air force in the world with the United States Air Force. And then do you know who has the second biggest air force in the world? Uh, The United States Navy. The United States Navy. We have both the first and second largest air forces in the world. I I thought that was China. I guess I'm misinformed then. No, no, okay. no, the Navy. This is more fucking planes. It's nuts. Well, I did so, I did read an article recently that they wanted to double the, the size of the Navy, right? Or triple it or quadruple it? Yeah, they or... wanted to go to like a 750-ship Navy. Yeah. The Navy can't maintain the 300-some it's got now. Yeah. So anyway, the but, but like looking at America and going, that's the... Those are the people that are going to run the world's largest military power, the world's largest economy. They're going to be the ones who are supposed to unite the world against climate change. Like, what a fucking shit show. And then, as you go down, as you go down the list, when they start talking about things like the military, they just talk about it as, like, making it better and funding it with no agency for what that military does. When they talk about the economy, they talk about the economy being better than it's ever been. And the only metric used is the stock market, specifically uh, the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial. Like they, yeah. And the NASDAQ. Like they, they're only, they, they don't worry about any of that other shit. I, I told you on the last show when I, about the, the Peter Schiff quote that where I was terrified about him saying that, we're not heading towards a depression. We're at the very beginning of a depression. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he was basically talking about how all the the numbers that the uh, George W. Bush administration and the Barack Obama administration had been citing since you know 2004-ish or even even a little prior to 2004 was essentially a bubble because we saw that bubble completely explode right before Obama became president towards the end of Bush's presidency. And then we have this supposed uh, increase of this economy under Barack Obama, which was just inflated numbers in this inflated bubble. Mm -hmm. So it looked really, really pretty and impressive on paper. And it was a great soundbite for the for Obama and Biden and those guys to say uh, and debates and, and things like that. But it was really just it was just completely fictitious. And then probably the worst one of all is this dumb fucking soundbite that the president continues to say that's completely false, has been proven false. And I will 100 percent continue to talk about how false it is that we had the greatest economy in the history of this country under him. It was just the bubble getting larger under him. Right. And right. and and I'm so glad you brought that up about the stock market thing, because that's exactly what Peter Schiff was talking about that this is this is a it's it's an illusion and the the depression has already started it's right. it it was obviously escalated a lot faster because of covid but we're in it right now and this idea that like i think there was i think i wrote in my notes i don't know exactly where and the debate had happened uh but they were talking about trump was basically saying if you vote for joe biden he's going to create a depression if he becomes president and I remember sitting there going, like, we're already in one. Like, if if, right. if if you are an actual Trump voter and you don't know that, you're dumb. Yeah. And if you are, per, and if you're, and if you're planning to vote for Joe Biden, thinking that the economy is going to get better under him, you're dumb. <laughs> yes. Like, like it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at some very, very basic statistics about our economy and know that we're in really bad shape and we've been that way for a while. They've just masked it and kind of hit it. With these statistics, which, by the way, Trump himself said when Barack Obama was president was was wasn't real. But then when he became president, he's he's it was so strange. He, he campaigned about how those statistics were fake. And then he's now using those statistics to boost his own uh, presidency. It's just right. it's so bizarre. The the you're yeah, you're exactly right. And I am I, I, familiar with who Peter Schiff is generally. But I'm I'm not familiar with what he talks about. But for my understanding, he's a Wall Street banker, right? He's Does this every day guy, of his right? life? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to listen to someone about, and granted, he could be, uh, you know, o overreacting a little bit. But I don't really think. I mean, he was he was it was very cut and dry the way he was spelling this out, and it was and it mm -hmm. wasn't like he was zeroing in on Trump. I mean, he was someone who voted for Donald Trump in 2016 right. and now regrets it. Well, um, my 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 point there was like I probably am going to disagree with the guy on most most things, sure. but the because of what he is like the focus he has is, is being Wall Street. But I, I mean, just generally because I don't typically agree with people who would come from Wall Street. Uh, just their worldview is antithetical to mine. Sure, but the point that you made, if he's making that point that we're already in the depression, that's the same point that union leaders are making right like so now you've got people who are familiar with the system as it's been created for them and then people who are familiar with the effect of that system on the workers of america and the workers of america you can say that this is a is a, a supply side economy all you want trickle down economics but when you don't trickle anything down and you starve the working class 
you starve the people who build who whom you rely on to build your economy and then you put them all out of work because they're gig workers and instead of worrying about the long-term effects of what a gig economy is the entire economic system is set up to support the financial people who exploit the workers by calling it a gig economy and air quotes there they have their freedom right to choose different jobs or yeah. work when you want be your own boss the that's what's been created under like under the Obama presidency that's been that's that was increased under Trump so when they give these employment numbers okay you are un, you are employed because the alternative is you don't make any money at all <laughs> but in no state in our country can you get a a full-time job at minimum wage and pay rent at no state in our country like is the minimum wage equivalent to what it was in 1970 matter of fact uh i have to look it up i have to look it up but there was a study that recently came out i listened to a podcast with a guy who worked for the rand corporation who said that the um uh workers today if their wages had kept up with inflation mid like the middle class would be making if you were in uh um i have to look it up it was it was an insane amount of money like eighty thousand dollars would be the middle class equivalent if uh if you took the minimum or the sorry the median wage in 1970 and extrapolated out for growth today but those wages have been stolen by the 0.01 percent the people whom since the pandemic started now have a collective wealth of more than $600 billion more than when the pandemic started. It's an insane system that is that cannot go on. And if it can't go on of its own strength, it should be ripped down. And there was no acknowledgement that that exists. Oh, yeah. They were it's being lauded be. yeah. for having created it because the metric for an economic success in this country is the stock market when well i i think the five percent of americans own like 90 percent of the stocks yeah it's it's just they they try to pump it up th through the the funnel of 401k premise which the president brought up tonight um you know basically saying your 401k is going to suffer if you vote mm -hmm. for joe biden and the, that that little tricky kind of you know mentality but um the the other before we we get into some of the some of the because I know you took notes and I took notes there the one thing also I saw tonight on Twitter a lot of was this was actually supposed to be Bernie Sanders debating Donald Trump not Joe Biden a um, lot of anger from the Bernie Bros I I follow a lot of the Bernie Bros and they were I am one yeah you are one. Um, you're not as obnoxious as some of the Bernie Bros I follow, though. You're you're more. Uh, I'll need to step it up then. Middle of the road, I would say, compared to some of the other Bernie Bros that I'm that I follow. But in they their do, ideology or their vociferous way that like it's it's brought up. It's more of like it's hard for them to ex and I I would be upset too in their position because they saw what happened you know four years ago they saw what happened again, um, and it was it was more of that tonight of like. Pfft, this, this should this should have been Bernie, and I don't, I don't disagree with them. It, it really probably should have been Bernie. Mm -hmm. 
And there was that moment where Joe Biden goes, well, I beat Bernie Sanders. I'm like, did you? Yeah. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. You, you yeah. sure? You sure the, the, the former president didn't make a couple phone calls to Amy Klobuchar and Pete yeah. Buttigieg? Barack, and, Barack Obama yeah. beat Bernie Sanders. Barack Obama beat Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yes. I was like, okay. Um, so that I one just, I looked it up just so I can reference this. Sure, sure. Um, the the podcast episode, if anybody wants to hear about the the $50 trillion being stolen from the working class over the last 40, 50 years, um, is Pitchfork Economics. The title is Inequality is Costing Workers $50 trillion with Carter Price. What $50 trillion. And so part of the part of the uh, um, uh, description is fifty trillion has been diverted from the working Americans to the wealthiest one percent since nineteen seventy five. I wouldn't mind getting into that. Like I, I would love to bring some of the Peter Schiff stuff I keep quoting that with just to have a little reference and then also dive into that at some point because I don't. I think a lot of people are super ignorant at what the state of the economy is because I've. I've li- and again, I'm I'm gonna tread carefully here, but people close to me that make financial decisions have quoted the president in saying that this was the greatest economy in the history of this country. And I I mean the amount of rage that would pump through my veins, I would want to punch a hole in the wall when I would hear that from somebody like this. This is it's just such a ridiculous lie, and I I really think people now granted, but it's true if you're a capitalist. And by capitalist, I mean you have the capital. If you, well, yes, in that sense, right? yes, like, you're right. The, like if I can dump, if I can dump a hundred million dollars into ETFs, and they grow fourteen percent, then yes, yeah, then I just made a shitload of money. But the ETF growth comes from taking that money from the working class because those companies are so profitable. No, I mean, they are profitable, but they're not profitable because they're titans of industry. They're profitable because they're large enough they can gobble up their potential competitors that would be growing in, a, in the air quotes free market. And they are large enough that they can exploit their workers. Because, mm-hmm. Adam, I don't know about you, I don't have a building full of fucking lawyers. Nope. Corporations do. They sure do. The, ju- the, the Department of Justice won't even take on corporations because they know it'll take them forever to yep. get any kind of settlement they love litigation they just go Ooh, they, can... they love it yeah and i work for a corporation we spend a lot on lawyers <laughs> i work like, for a small company and we spend a lot of money on lawyers just everybody for... <laughs> spends a lot of money on lawyers i went to go get a will done i should have done it on legal zoom oh it stinks just it's just the like worst. the one hour meeting in the oh. like two grand I'm on the I'm on the approaching it from the IT perspective. The amount of data gathering I have to do with litigation is just disgusting. It's really? just filthy. It just makes me feel gross after I the, the just the amount of requests and just the litigation process and it just it, 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 it I mean you're looking at a minimum of 2 years per litigation. It's just gross. Oh. It's just yuck. The mo- it's the most disgusting aspect of our country, but it, it's profitable though, so I get it. But it's yep. it's gross. Um, so you you took uh, you took notes. I took notes. I did. Um, I I was trying to go. <laughs> I was trying to go in order of like okay that was that was a point counterpoint. I will say um, in the first like 20, 30 minutes, my initial thought process was Trump is doing better 
And I say that because when the topic of healthcare came up, Trump had quick answers. He was bam, 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 bam. Biden really, really struggled when it came to the healthcare discussion. Um, some of his stuff had some substance, but he couldn't bat. He couldn't, he was, he, it was like his brain had three different paths it wanted to go and he couldn't choose which yes. one to go on. Yeah. So he would have like actual points, but then he would just, it was just very stumbly. So I remember thinking early on, oh wow, Trump's doing a lot better with, with this topic, like tremendously better. And then as it shifted into the COVID argument, I thought to myself, wow, um, Trump is doing terrible, uh, giving himself credit, citing governors of states that apparently were, were liberal and democratic, giving him credit. Mm-hmm. I, it was just, he went, he, he was, it was like one of well, those the moments. Sheriff of, the sheriff from Portland came out on Twitter and said, I would never support Donald Trump. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, we, we all were watching the headlines when all this was going down and all the different states and how they were handling things. But this idea that, I mean, the, the remember when people were recording conference calls with the president and they were, they were basically trying to show that this is not, this is not going well. So this, that, that was, so there was those two moments. I was like, Ooh, it, it swayed first to Trump and then it went towards Biden. Um, the only time during the COVID thing that I thought Trump did get Biden was the the closing of the country stuff because it's it's very true democrats and liberals were very critical of the idea of trump essentially closing the border to uh immigrants and Mm -hmm. then you also then recommend closing down the country because of this disease that was essentially started in in china so that was that was a hard one for Biden to box out of. And that's where I went, oh, no, he's walking. I, as soon as tr- – But there's a di- – hold on. There's a difference, though, in – But he walked into it, being, though. But there's a difference in – like, but there's, you can't equate those two things in being anti-immigrant, an anti-immigrant bigot and racist. Oh, yeah. And I'm then not, I'm not closing that. down your border system prevent the spread of a pandemic right? no I, I agree it's two totally different things i definitely agree with that but so you you are closing the borders yes but you have to know how but, that voter base is going to take that though they're gonna they're gonna hear how that candidate handled one situation and then wanted to do the same thing in another situation and to them that sounds confusing to them so you have to know from a from a from a straight debate strategy standpoint don't walk into that one and he walked right into it. Because you wouldn't think that you'd have to explain that. You wouldn't think right. so, but in this situation, and, and hence your, your clown emojis that you use today. It's clown world. We live in clown world, it's, folks. You're right, and you kind of have to. It's you, you almost have to anticipate the dum-dums are not going to be able to distinguish that. And right. that's what happened tonight. So that's where I thought it kind of didn't It didn't work in Biden's favor to be in, in that corner. He got boxed yeah. in a corner. He, I think the people that he has helping him with his debate prep were probably focused on how erratic Trump is going to be and the potential for his arguments, but Trump doesn't put together coherent arguments. That's the thing. He comes at you with buzzwords, a small amount of, of you know, air quotes facts. He'll come at you with figures. I, I should say figures. He'll come at you with figures. He'll come at you with accusations, but they're not coherent thoughts. 
And so for you to respond to like, I think Biden was expecting a coherent argument out of the president. tonight. And then what you're exactly right. You could see the gears are turning in Biden's head. And then he was speaking <laughs> and he would get halfway through one point and go, now wait, folks, come on. And then he'd switch gears to that other gear that was turning in sync. Yeah. Because he, I think he was trying to decide which path to go down because he's been doing so much debate prep. And the debate prep, the, if, if I were to, like, I don't want to... The difference between Bernie and debate prep. Bernie's debate prep was how do I deliver this message the most, like, efficiently... What wording can I use to be clear and concise and effective? And how do I get people onto my idea? How do I, how do I get people to buy into my ideas to build a better America, not just argue with this guy? Mm-hmm. And all of Joe's debate prep seemed to have been convince America that Trump is bad, and then you want to boom flip his arguments you just want to put your like we're going to arm you with a bunch of rhetorical shields that you can utilize <laughs> yeah to fend off his arguments but that fails when the arguments are incoherent and at the same time devastatingly effective because trump's base eats that shit up they just want to see trump poking holes at biden and Bernie would never have accepted the premise of any of it and gone, he would have said, just like he did in the, in the Democratic debates, he would have said something like, well, that's your reality, but I'm here to talk about X, Y, and Z. And in, in the case of the Supreme Court, he would have gone off about Amy Coney Barrett having only been in the judiciary for three years. She has out and out said she wanted to do away with Roe v. Wade. She may be the only person in modern history since Roe v. Wade was decided who would actually literally say, I want to do away with Roe v. Wade. She believes in un, unencumbered presidential authority. She believes in like X, she would have gone down X, Y, Z. And that's why she's unfit to sit on the Supreme Court. And this is the person he's chosen, right? He devastating argument against what trump is doing he stayed on path he stayed on his message and joe biden doesn't have that strong of a message for people to buy into the message of the biden campaign is donald trump is bad i'm gonna make things go back to the way they were he was throwing bombs at a counterpuncher. i'm a big right. mixed martial arts fan and i that's the only way that i can equate that it's it's if if i was about to approach a fight and th- thinking my power in my punches could figure out a way to get past this counterpuncher. It's the dumbest strategy you can have in a fight. And I feel like Biden, as the interruptions ramped up, he lost sight of whatever. And again, I don't know what, what I wasn't sitting in the room with them, obviously with the, the debate prep, but I, I was reading articles that he was, he was debate prepping. Um, mm-hmm. And he was he was throwing bombs at a counterpuncher, and it was it was devastating for a while. I mean, it was just Trump was. I mean, he was salivating at the counterpunch, just like, oh, well, I got this one for you, I got this one for you. Come on, come on, come on. And it was just yep. it was just bam, 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 bam. And the but in in this in this like you know and I, you know there's a part of me that was juvenilely like thrilled that that uh, Biden called. Trump a clown. <laughs> yeah, he did. A and he times. told him to shut up. And I yeah. was kind of like, yeah, I wish I could tell him to shut up too. But 
I'm just so disappointed that he was unable to articulate a position and ask people to join him in advancing it. It was just, no, you are. No, you, like, my two-year-old and my five-year-old fight better than this. Like, that, like that's how my two-year-old and five-year-old behave, and they're better at it, and they're more coherent. And my, my real disappointment is with Joe Biden, not because he air quotes lost, but because he didn't, he doesn't appeal to the better angels of our nature in the way that I think right now is Americans are begging for. Yeah, you're right. It it just, it wasn't, uh, he wasn't the, he wasn't the, I hate making fight comparisons, but that's not the dude I would have put in in the ring with, with Trump if it was up to me. Um, but you don't, but, but, but even the fighting Trump, you're exactly right. But Trump, Trump is a fighter, but you don't have to accept that as the premise. Right, you don't like in an, in this debate in this format. You don't have to accept that as the premise of the debate. Trump's going to go out there and be a bully. He's going to go out there and talk shit. And Biden's job was to make a better argument and let and, and, and more so let the president talk. Like yeah, if if if, if, if you're in like that mo- fucking weirdo. And and the thing is, when he would let Trump kind of ramble, Trump would would trip over the coffee table. Um, there was a moment where they were talking about the federal income tax situation and they asked him about the $750, you know, story that we talked about. Um, and he claimed he paid millions of dollars and he then gave credit to the Obama Biden administration for the dumb tax code that they proposed. And then while he was on a roll, he was good point. Good point. Then he goes, by the way, that was that was a jab at at, at Obama, which, by the way, we, we fired. I'm like, no, you didn't fire him. He beat right. the Republicans not once but twice. Right. You didn't fire him. He won both of his elections. Right. So there was these moments where Trump would, okay, good point, good, oh, and he would just, and but the thing is though, with with the the Trump base, they're they're not, their brain doesn't allow for themselves to accept a loss in any form or fashion. They hear the zingers and the zingers stay with them and the and the, the, the stuff that doesn't go over well to a normal person, they just they just zipper oh like well yeah, he'll get next next shot, next punch. He'll get him. He'll get him. It's all right. Yeah. And it, yeah, and, it just and it was astonishing stink. to me when he would do that. Just let the dumb fuck talk because he's yeah. he, he will talk himself into a hole and Biden didn't let him do that sometimes and I was just shocked. I'm like, just let the dude talk. The, the most coherent thing that Donald Trump was able to articulate tonight was the tax code. So when they brought that up, yeah, he just flat out fucking lied about paying taxes. Yeah. At least I'm assuming he did because the only ju- the only set of data that we have to go on is what the New York Times released. But when Joe Biden was punching him on it, he was saying, that's the tax code you guys created. You've been in the swamp for I think at the time he said, why didn't you do it over the last 25 years when uh, Joe Biden says he wants to eliminate tax cuts and loopholes? That's effective. Why did why hasn't Joe Biden done that? Matter yeah. of fact, he's from Delaware, where a lot of LLCs, a lot of cor- credit card corporations are, are headquartered. Um, and the credit card corporations fucking love the guy. All right. Like the the weird times that Trump is like Trump is able to articulate something about 
the the air quote swamp. He's on it. Like he knows the ta- he knows he's a serial tax avoider, and that's the uh, giving him credit for it. And the other one with Joe Biden wanting to go from twenty one percent to twenty eight percent, and Trump goes, "Why didn't you do it? <laughs> why why didn't you do it? Well, one because Trump lowered it, but." The, the biggest dream that you can get is 28% corporate fucking tax. Are you serious? And the, like, again, the economy being the stock market was the thing that I have circled here on my notes for the taxes is that, that if you're going to get into a debate with Trump on his taxes, he's going to say, yeah, I just utilize the system that you built for me. If you are so fi- like if you're so focused on me being uh, uh, paying nothing in taxes, why did you create it that way? Yeah, that and was, that's a fair argument. Like, that, was, I, that was I thought that was Biden's biggest blunder tonight. Yeah, was you can't you can't talk yourself out of that because Trump was very smart to bring up. What, what, what have you been doing the last one? He kept saying forty-seven years. Was that accurate? Yeah. Has Biden been? In politics you know, I, for 47 I think so. years because he started in the 70s biden biden first took office in the 70s i'll have to google that and see like how long has joe biden been in so you yeah, if you don't mind googling it um, uh it's claims he's been in uh has served he was the 47th vice president of the united states um but he's been a member of the democratic party since 1973 yeah, and I think he won when he was like really young, like thirty-five. Yeah, so he's been he's been in it a long time. Um, that that I thought was I, I totally agree with you. I thought Trump got him there. That was a giant blunder. I mean, he just but then when he did have that great point, that's when he did the dumb. By the way, we fired Obama, and I'm like, oh, like you, yeah, you were you were on a roll there, dude, and then he tripped over the coffee table at the last second, and it just. He has this ability to to get on get in a groove, and then he can't shut the fuck up, and mm-hmm. he, that that gets him and he, it gets him in trouble every time because he doesn't know when to shut up. Right, and it, that that happened in that moment. Um, and another part of tonight yeah. that another part of tonight, going back to one of the topics was COVID. Yeah, that we're in the middle of a pandemic. Two hundred and five thousand, as of today, Americans are, are have have died according to the official count. And the excess deaths is even higher. The the idea they spend, I think, like ten minutes on it. This is an hour and a half debate, and you're in the middle. and And I'm reading and hearing that the federal government is getting ready for a second spike. New York is having an uptick in numbers. Northwest Iowa, North and South Dakota are having an upticks in numbers. Most of the comp- most of the country is having up upswings in numbers governors are taken off off all restrictions like in florida but not even that like that that is our own doing somehow we we have a a double gauge or a double barrel shotgun and 14 people get their foot blown off with two shells but the with we're doing it to ourselves right like in this instance here we're doing it to ourselves but even over in Europe, UK is seeing an uptick in numbers after taking it seriously since Boris Johnson got it. We're seeing France, Spain, 
Germany are seeing upticks in numbers. The rest of the world is seeing upticks in numbers because there is a natural evolution to these things where the numbers grow in the fall. Like there's a few months later, there's always a second surge. And we're not, they, they spent a matter of minutes on it. It could have just yeah. had, it could have had one entire debate about what happened, how it happened, why it happened, the decisions made, and plans for the future. An hour and a half, and that still wouldn't have covered everything. And the the idea that he was able to get away with the still bullshit like thing of masks are masks were weren't good, and now masks are good. Well, let me tell you, I do I sell masks. I'm a I am a respiratory protection expert. In the early days, when the CDC said you don't need a mask, you don't need to wear a mask, they meant an N95 mask. Because they wanted to get them to doctors and nurses who were necessarily going to be exposed to the to the virus. And so at the same time that they were saying, you don't need a mask, they were referring to N95 masks. They were saying, here are some patterns for you to build your own masks at home. Sew your own masks at home. This will be sufficient for the population. And do you want to know how they know that? Because it's the same fucking thing, whether it's the the seasonal flu, whether it's bird flu or COVID nineteen, SARS one, like if it's if it's airborne, users wear masks and it reduces the aerosolization of the virus. So if you want a quick tip, if you have your own mask and you're wearing a cloth mask, it's reducing the aerosolization of the virus. Your mask protects the society, the people around you, your community. If you have a three-ply mask, it does the same basic thing with the small benefit of if someone literally coughs into your face or you're a doctor and you're aspirating someone and they, 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 the aspirating vaporizes uh, or the micro droplets uh, uh, come out of the tube that you're you are aspirating the patient with, and it sprays you in the face. There's a barrier on that three ply mask that stops the blood or the liquid from penetrating the mask and entering your oral nasal region uh, inside the mask. But it is not airtight, which is why N95s are better once they're fit tested and they're fit tested properly. They'll block 95% of 0.3 micron particles or smaller which the virus is smaller than 0.3 microns, but it when it's vaporized, it's attached to something, which between the filtration barrier of the N95 mask, especially if it's an electric, electrostatically charged mask, which then pulls the particle to the fibers itself of the mask, that will protect an individual. A KN95 is somewhat similar, but the quality is less. And then you can jump up to a HEPA filter or P100 that'll block 99.97% of those 0.3 micron particles are long, larger. But those are manufactured to very specific and exacting requirements by only a few manufacturers. So if you're going to protect the people in society who are going to be exposed, you need to save it. And those that's when you can't have a run on the supply. And that's where a president coming out and saying, this is for you. This is a cloth mask. This is what I will be wearing. This, an N95 mask, is for the doctors and nurses who are standing there every day trying to keep us safe, who are taking care of those who are getting sick. And then P100 filters 
on a on a papper are going to be for the people or a powered air purifying respirator going to be for the people who are giving immunizations and inoculations and who are going to be doing the drive-through testing those are the people that need this equipment and i'm begging you not to go out and make a run on that type of equipment right like, that wasn't done no. the cdc was doing what they everything they could with zero fucking support from his administration and we talked we did like i just talked about covid right now for longer than the entire fucking president <laughs> not to mention zero zero mention tonight about Siri got that entire rant. I have it in writing. Now good, good. I'm glad because that was a good rant because I, <laughs> even I learned some stuff and I thought I was paying attention to all the mass stuff. Um, Zero mentioned also tonight about how Jared Kushner's coronavirus task force completely shit the bed. Right. Believing that, you know, they, that the virus was, they, was hitting Democratic states and that they could just yes. blame. No mention of that. No, no mention yeah, they of that. They specifically called off federal support. And in the early days, the federal government was fighting other at other parts of the federal government for the same fucking masks. Like you could have a where there were warehouses full of masks, and you know what was happening? The owners of those masks were having people bid on them. Yeah, California was bidding. Like the states were bidding against each other. Scary. And different parts of the federal government were bidding against each other because everyone wanted to please the uh, in the federal government. Everybody wanted. Like, generously they wanted to take care of their people and take care of the people who needed those masks but if you get into the politics of it in trump's inner circle they wanted to be the ones who he could pat on the head for going out and finding masks <laughs> so then he could stand next to the masks as they were being delivered to a fucking hospital yeah it's a photo op photo op complete photo op yeah we've we've now spent more time on this podcast than they did tonight talking about covid which is terrifying um, maybe maybe Insane. the next debate did we find out when the next debate is because I know there's another one I know that I bet you they cancel that shit you think they're gonna cancel it fuck yeah dude there's like <laughs> can you imagine yeah. getting done with this and going oh, yeah I'd do number two and three I was mentally spent I remember the the text I got from Sean is I don't even know how to start talking about this after it was done and yeah I think everyone's kind of a little spent after tonight yeah um so well, what I, there, there was well, a few other about... topics yeah, we got to talk about race relations, ch climate change, and voting safety. So let's do. Let's do. Can we? Can we do the? Well, I guess I'll. I'll let. I, I had one question. I had two questions really. Yeah. Um, th th that had nothing to do with that. The 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 super predator comment. What was that comment? Because I don't think I've ever heard that comment by Joe Biden. Um, they were talking about race relations uh, about the African American community, the black community, and there was a moment where Trump said. You refer to them as super predators, and I was like, "What?" Oh, he was just pulling that shit out because that's what Hillary said. Okay, Hillary. I've back never in heard the nineties. Okay. Oh, so there's a whole thing about super predators. So when they were when they were doing the, I think the the crime bill in the nineties for for Clinton when right. they were getting tough on crime, right? Ninety three. Yep. He yeah, warned predators on our streets. Okay, there we go. Right. So Hillary had a speech that she was giving, where they were now making a classification for these young. She like they were talking about young black men, saying that they're super predators. They're classified now as a different them. They were classifying young black men as other, so they weren't they weren't looking at the underlying causes of of violence or of crime or of the socioeconomic status of any of these people or 
any of the things surrounding like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, of mm-hmm. safety, of shelter, of food and security. They were just looking at the crime stats, calling them super predators and, and making white people feel comfortable because somebody was going to go lock those others up. Okay. They were otherizing black men, other black boys specifically right they might have been using coded languages it was thinly veiled and this is democrats right so these are yeah. democrats hillary this is this, and, is, uh, this is hillary this is according this is, to nbc news this was um hillary clinton then the first lady of the country who used the term yeah. super predator to advocate for a 1994 crime bill that biden co-wrote more than 30 years ago he never used right. the term super predator but he right. did warn of predators uh in a speech to support the bill so he, right. he himself did not say super predator but he used the term predators. Doesn't so. matter. Like it doesn't matter. Trump yeah. said it, and it's yeah, gonna yeah. stick. But like, but the there is no real getting away from it, and that's partly when you buy into this narrative of of law and order. Like law and order is when you failed at taking care of your population. Like you've failed at taking care of the people. Right, like crimes of desperation. You have like poverty that is a epidemic amongst inner cities. You have poverty that is epidemic amongst your rural communities. You have food deserts out in rural communities in Iowa where you have to drive forever to get to a fucking grocery store. Just like out, you have to drive forever to get to a grocery store in poor neighborhoods. All the, like that is a created system that has impoverished millions of Americans. And when those people act out against that system, you throw them in jail. That's what happened. That's what Democrats did. That's what Republicans did. They used that fear of, of poor people being violent, of poor people acting up to get white, scared suburban voters to vote for them. And both sides, you saw more fucking people talking about the suburbs of, oh, there won't be any suburbs. And then, oh, Donald Trump's burning the suburbs down. They're still going after those same voters by trying to scare them to vote for for me. Vote for me because I'm scaring you. Like what they're doing should scare you. And if they can't do it by making black people other or brown people or, or immigrants others, they'll do it by saying that climate change is this guy's fault suburban like you know suburbs it it is i mean uh, that's true but they're using it as a fear-based tactic to encourage Mm -hmm. people to vote against the other person yeah not offering any fucking ideas on how to make it better (laughs) just throw the football up yeah like and so you know what did joe biden actually say super predators no he didn't but the whole vein of the conversation, the whole vein of the times and the context in which that was uttered, Joe Biden is intrinsically like intertwined with that that you can't escape from. Mm-hmm. And you, he have, you have to own that. Yeah. Like you, he, uh, he owns that. Whether he addresses it or not is one thing. He kind of blew past. I mean, he did say I never said that. Of course, he, he blew past. But he blew it. right past. Well, it, yeah. technically, he's right. He never did say that. But the entire context for the conversation, he was, he was championing. Yeah. It was his crime bill. Mm-hmm. He believed that. He advanced that. He otherized millions of people. 
He used it as a fear tactic to get his suburban voters to vote for him so they could feel safe at night in their gated communities, that the, 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 you know, the, the big bad gangs from the inner city wouldn't come out to their gated communities. Uh, uh, or like what we saw, like, uh, your, your, uh, what was it when the caravan was coming up? Yeah. Yeah. That was caravan was yeah. coming Watch up. Watch out. They, here it comes. There was, there's they the, wanna, the countdown too. So it's yeah. one week away, Sean. It's, it's fucking heading towards yep. my house and, and they're going <laughs> to jump over the border and come up to your Minnesota uh, vacation home and yep. taken over and the Democrats are going to bust them up there to do it. Right. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's funny. all fear based boating. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. It works it's for some bullshit. people though. I mean, they, you just got to get a couple million dum-dums to go. Yeah, that it is coming. And then, then they just, they, they roll with it. Um, speaking of the, the race stuff. So there was, there was law and order discussion about the defunding the police. Biden Mm -hmm. was asked if he would, he said he wouldn't. And then Trump immediately jumps and said, yes, you would. Biden said, actually Trump's the one that's going to be defunding the police. He's claiming that there was a $400 million cut to local law enforcement assistance. I was reading that this was in reference to a, uh, some kind of justice department budget plan for now. It wasn't for, it was for next year for 2021. And apparently the Trump administration requested about $1.51 billion for over 50 programs that would, state both, that would fund both state and local law enforcement. This is what Biden was referring to. Mm-hmm. However, that, that, that cuts about $515 million from the previous year's fiscal uh, budget. And, that would, and, and these were apparently programs that were brought into the forefront by the Obama administration that was giving... Um, initiatives for for body cameras for police remember when that became a thing during obama's presidency we need to get body cameras on cops and stuff um that's that's what a lot of that funding was was part of so actually according to this this fiscal budget plan they were going to cut back on that stuff so that doesn't necessarily mean so it's kind of it's kind of it's like yeah they're not, it's how they account for it's how they account for budgets they're not really defunding the police but they're scaling back the measures that were taken under the obama right. administration to try to strengthen things like body cameras but that one they kind of just they both were like no 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 and then they just kind of blew right past that one too but i think the one that stuck out the most to me was when it when it was with race relations stuff when they brought up um the the situation was it was it 2016 or 2017 when the the shit went down with uh the guys with the the mosquito getaway, the the little the, the fire pitch, the pitchfork fire guys. That that's basically what you would put in your backyard to keep mosquitoes oh, away from the unite your, you. Uh, the tiki torch. The guys tiki torch guys. Unite the right route. Yeah, and then someone was killed. When was that? Heather Higher. When what year was that? Was that 2016 or 2017? I want to say. I think 20- it was 20. It was 2017. Okay. Her name was Heather Higher, and, and they she brought was run over up. by a white supremacist there yes. uh, for the unite the right rally. Exactly. And they brought this up and there was a moment where Trump had an opportunity to, and Chris Wallace said this, go, will you denounce uh, white supremacists, the KKK, these militia groups, and I'll, do you want me to play the clip? I mean, we might as well listen. play the clip. This, so I, I said earlier, Biden's biggest blunder was when they were talking about the tax code stuff and he walked right into that and Trump looked back. This, this to me, this moment here was, was Trump's biggest blunder of the night when asked about this so here's the here's the clip from uh, earlier tonight during the debate with chris wallace's question we criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out antifa and other left-wing That's extremist right. groups but are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and 
to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. You want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right like me to condemn? White proud supremacists and right proud militias. Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem, his this, own is a left -wing. this is a left-wing problem. This is a left-wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what oh, his really? FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, so when he said Proud Boys, and if you don't know who the Proud Boys are, you, you could do a little research, but... Um, they're scary. No, I'll, I'll educate you right now. Proud Boys are a right-wing fanatical organization started by Gavin McGinnis. Who's, by the way, started out as a comedian who has now gone super deep Not into so. being into, like, the right, super, super right-wing. Like, called it, on Joe Rogan's podcast, one of his original appearances, called it very punk at the moment to be uh, right-wing. Like, it was like a punk thing to, to rebel and be right, which was I thought was so strange. Of like, of all parties, to be punk, it's the no, Republican. No, it's Very weird, but yeah, anyway, he's he and, he, and he largely tried, at one, it got it got so bad that he had to retract and, and just try had to, to distance He had to disavow yeah. his, his creating the Proud Boys, yeah. disavow the Proud Boys, because they had become so racist and so violent and so threatening that they are, I think they were, we have to Google this to make sure, because I want to be somewhat precise about what we're saying. Um, Proud Boys status. They're still a thing, I thought. No, they're, I mean, uh, an extremist group, yes. The Proud Boys, an extremist group. They were labeled an extremist group uh, in 2018, November 2018. Yeah. They are um, a real problem. And from what I have been reading, um, they have been engaged by Roger Stone to conduct some kind of activity on the on the day of the election. Not surprised. And they are uh, a pretty active right wing group with a lot of members. I think, uh, like a lot of white supremacist groups, they are disaffected youths who find some way to act out yeah um that's not to make excuses for them no but it's but I mean, we've allowed that to happen we've allowed that to grow and it is a force to be reckoned with that that is intent on doing violence and harm to who the people whom they view as left-wing and you could also, and, and maybe you're going to disagree with me here, but you could flip the script and say the exact same thing about Antifa. Um, I would I not want to disagree. be in. I would not want to be affiliated with Antifa. I think that's a dangerous group to be a part of. Uh, the the amount of violence I've seen come out of that group, I would not want to be affiliated with them at all. I was disappointed that Joe Biden tried to defend that. Um, I thought that was really. Nice. I thought that was one of the good things he did. Completely it's an idea, not an organization. I complete. Well, it may not be an, a full blown organization, and I really we're giving the Prod Boys a little too much credit. I don't really think they're a full blown organization, but they definitely had guidance, and there's definitely people that did messed up stuff. But 
the the defense of the Antifa stuff, I'm not on board with that. I, I'll never be on board with watching people with fucking chains, fucking cracking heads, and no, I'm not, Here, not, not the, into that. Here's the goal. Here's the goal of Antifa. So you, you can't necessarily equate violent protesters with Antifa, right? There, there's a difference. So protesters that turn violent or use black block tactics to cause chaos and damage mm-hmm. during a protest is is one thing indiscriminate violence is is one thing and i'm i'm with you that that's not good i understand where that comes from you know like i i i haven't experienced that like uh thing that would drive you to that but in a system as violent as ours like the american language is violence and when you speak it back to the systems of power it's called like it's called rioting but it but that that's what the system understands so that's one thing that 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 is one set of a group that would be uh acting at a at a protest or a riot antifa as it's been um manifested and there's a really good book by i think a guy named mark bray anti-fascist handbook who gave a bit of the history back to the Spanish um, Arditi del Popolo that was back uh, uh, in the 30s. And then the German anti-fascists who were fighting against Hitler. And then post-World War II anti-fascists who were keeping the fascists at bay from being able to demonstrate. Right, The anti-fascist action is where left-wing groups uh, come together as an ideology to protect the protests that are happening. The, the protests are protesting some kind of um, uh, system that is oppressing them. Right? So, so what's the difference and, between that and someone... <clears throat> you know, strapping on uh, a, like a body rig and or a, some kind of attack rig and some kind of a some kind of a rifle and mm-hmm. with an America make America great hat on. I, so here, I, I see I see I see intimidation from both sides when I see that. I don't see so one's good, one's bad. That's that's where you're losing me. I, I any kind yeah. of any kind of sense of intimidation, and I'm going to try to control, and I'm going to try to sh- like I, I know I know they're they're upset, they're angry, they're frustrated. It's very it's very similar to the stuff we're seeing with let me, let some me of the peaceful Black point. Lives let Matter let stuff. One but, final point. Okay. One, one, one final point here. So, so when you have a protest, the protest is in reaction to the system, and the protesters come out. Okay. And throughout history, the the protest would be maybe a progressive <laughs> force, the or on the left when the left protests against a conservative system or a system that is. Uh, um, oppressing the people leftists come out and protest it right sure there is an arm not an arm but there is a uh, an ideology that there has to be a group involved in that protest that protects the protesters that are specifically there to fight against the fascists or the people who would come and disrupt that protest using violence so in an anti-fascist ideology and you can read this book. It's really like I will buy it for you. You buy it and read it or you get the audio book and listen to it. And if you don't like it, 
I'll, I'll, I'll pay you back for the book. But, <laughs> but the, and I it, can already it tell you, I'm not going to like it. Cause I, I think uh, first of all, you're, you're the, a lot of this stuff loses. Cause I, first of all, I think protesting stupid. I don't think it, it really accomplishes a lot. Really? Um, I think it's, you, a, I think you have healthcare today because millions of people, no. well, I don't know about you, but millions of people have healthcare today because when, when the Senate was voting on whether or not to pass the house bill that would have defund that would have repealed Obamacare and come up with his horrible horseshit ideas, millions of people took to the streets. And that's when John McCain threw his final thumbs down and killed that effort or else millions of people wouldn't have health care. But that's peaceful that's protesting, right? That's peaceful. But that's protesting. But that's peaceful protesting, though. There's a there's a big difference from what that was and what I'm seeing playing out on the streets of America right now. Sure. And I'm, and I'm, and, I'm and seeing a, and over I, the last few years, as Trump has stoked this fascism, as sure. Trump has stoked the right wing fires and the anger. Sure. Then people organize to as a counter protest to use violence and intimidation against those the people who are protesting the system, those peaceful protesters to maintain the security of those peaceful protesters. Anti-fascists take to the streets to be the ignition point of of violence between the right wing and the protesters. And right? that's and I and I get they that. Stand I, there to be beaten. And I they get stand that. Stand there to fight back. And I get that. And, My problem is is that the people that are cool with that and then they get pissed when a guy puts on a tack rig and stands twenty feet away with a gun are going, You can't do that. Same thing. There's 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 different ways, there's different tactics, there's different intimidation factors. You can't think one's fine and one isn't. And that's where it loses me. And then the other, the other Wait, part of if, it too. If I stand, if, if somebody comes up, if, if we're all protesting, sure. And somebody comes up and starts screaming, they're going to beat my ass. And I step to the front, and I say, "No, you're not." How is that the same? Because when I'm seeing a lot of these things played out, someone's throwing a punch. They're not engaging in a in a vocal conversation to someone's face. It's just they're fucking cracking heads. Right, you didn't see the lead up though. You're not seeing the lead up. There was a pretty big, you know, there was a pretty big Proud Boys rally in some. Oh yeah, no, the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys are dickheads. Absolutely, I I do do not support the Proud Boys. Here's the difference: the Proud Boys went out and had their rally. Yeah, and you didn't have a shitload of Antifa going and beating the shit out of them. They were going to go out and have their rally, and they were left alone. Yeah, when when people were protesting in the the Michigan, I think it was Michigan. So you had a shitload of people come with their guns to the Michigan State House. Yeah, we have. You didn't have a bunch of Antifa standing there, like the Antifa, anti-fascists, stand between the fascists and the leftists, so that the fascists don't destroy with violence. They don't destroy the leftists with violence. And I get that. So they're not. They yes, violence. Violence does beget violence, and I I personally would. Wish that they weren't. There wasn't violence. Oh yeah, I wish, they, that, I wish that we could all go out onto the streets. Yeah, yeah. And I could sit with somebody and go, "You don't like what I'm doing? Why? Like, tell me why. Yeah, let's talk right. about it. Let, maybe I can make you feel better about what I'm trying to accomplish, because maybe we're having a misunderstanding. I wish that would happen. I know, me too. But if I went out and I protested, and I have marched in Black Lives Matter marches, and if someone comes up and starts wanting to to beat me up or my my fellow protesters 
I would hope that there's someone there who would stand with me. Yeah, it makes you feel safe. Not my ass get whooped. Yeah, no, I agree. And I agree. If you listen, remember Cornell Re- Cornell West was on uh, with Joe Rogan, right? You remember Cornell West? Absolutely. Cornell West was at the Unite the Right rally, mm-hmm. trying to preach uh, uh, solidarity and love mm-hmm. to the people who were there preaching hate. Right, so they had clergy there. Yeah, they were they were counter protesting, trying to offer that better idea, trying to present uh, uh, the left as a coalition of love wanting to counter hate, and they were there to do it peacefully. And he says he was in fear for his life, and prior to this experience, he would never have understood anti antifa or anti fascist action. Sure. And he credits the fact that the clergy didn't get beaten to the inch and within an inch of their lives was because Antifa put themselves between the peaceful protesters and the the violent uh, uh, right wingers. I guess my problem is, is I can't imagine a scenario where a I would want to be part of a, a protest and b put myself in that position to begin with. I can't even uh, imagine. So then the violence works. Well, that that's the problem. So then, that I, so then I, I'm trying to picture in. Becomes, well, I'm trying to picture becomes, in my head what would make me want to leave my house, not go to work, and be a part of. Like I just can't even. Like I I feel like it's 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 a microcosm of this social media bubble where people take something and make it a lot bigger than it really actually is. Because if you think about the populace of people that actually pay attention to politics, actually cast a vote, there was what uh, I, I looked up the stat during the debate because I couldn't remember. There was about there only 138 million Americans voted in the election four years ago. Mm-hmm. That's only 58% of our population. So when I see these like protests and this Antifa and these militias and these white suppress, and I'm like, what are these people doing? Like, do they is is do, do, do they really truly feel like it's getting that bad, or are they being tricked into thinking it's that bad? Because it's I don't personally think it's as bad as if you go on Twitter and you follow people that follow your narrative, you think the world's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. But if that's not part of your daily life, like like that's not part of my daily life, I I can I can't even tell you. I'm being brutally honest with you, and it might get me in trouble for saying this, but I can't think of a a a situation uh, where I would want to voluntarily take time off work or take time off of a weekend to be part of a protest of any kind whatsoever. Mm -hmm. The only like real like thing I go to is political rallies. And I guess that's, that's not really a protest you'll see protesters there, but I'm volunteering my time to go listen to a candidate talk or something, but that's it. You're not going to, I just, I can't, I well, can't, my brain cannot wrap around the idea that you think that that is that important that you have to put your, your, your body on the line for something that quite frankly, isn't that as big of a deal as you think it is. I've listened to people the, use these terms, these buzzwords, like it's a new world order, Sean. And you, you got, it's like, no, it's not. It's really not. And, and I feel like some people take this shit a little too seriously. Well, that you're, I, okay. Um, some people do take it a little bit too seriously, or they like this new world order stuff. They're, yeah, like that. Like you're you misled into taking it into yeah. into thinking that Democrats are putting. Uh, what was the latest one with with Wayfair or something with like putting <laughs> sex slaves into into boudoirs or something? Well, there's there's allegations of rampant like uh, child uh, abuse right. and child trafficking. Child abuse. And, yeah, yeah. Child trafficking. Yeah. But like, but on the flip side, but on the flip side, you and I are privileged like i i have a nice home 
uh, steady income, health care. Um, my wife has the same. My kids go to a daycare that is a wonderful day. Like, I have a very charmed life. Yeah. And, and I'm extraordinarily lucky. But when my my black neighbors have a statistically two and a half times more likely to get shot and killed than my white neighbors. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. There's systemic violence from policing. There's systemic violence in the way that we deny health care to people who can't afford it. That people die from not being able to have insulin. That people die because their cancer that was treatable wasn't caught in time because they couldn't afford to go to the doctor. Or they can't afford chemo that would save their life because you could mm -hmm. get acute care. If you go in with a, a, a broken finger, somebody will set it and send you on your way. But if you go in saying, my stomach hurts, and they go, ooh, that's cancer, you're fucked. They might give you some pain pills to make it feel better. And maybe you can get a GoFundMe to pay for your cancer. And I see that as a violence of a system on a populace, that people want to make money off of my sickness. Sure. Or my neighbor's sickness. I can pay for, like I, I don't pay for it. My fucking insurance company does. But... I am lucky in that way yeah, that millions yeah. of my neighbors aren't. And yeah. so then when there's a protest against it, they have a vested interest in standing out in front of the state, uh, in, in front of the state Capitol or the courthouse or going into the Senate. Like they were for prime example of my, my like abject privilege. I was in DC while the healthcare debates were going on while they were members on the house floor and I was there with my boss. We had meetings around DC and we had a set of meetings get canceled in the morning one day. And so I said, well, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to wake up and go down to the Capitol and protest. And he goes, all right, I'll go with you. So we talked about it and we had gone to our Congress people's office before to talk about, uh, some business lobbying on behalf of our well we weren't lobbying but we we engaged with our representatives on behalf of business so i said put your suit on we're gonna go down to the capitol building and i fucking walked into my senator's office his senator's office and our congress people's office and said i'm a constituent and i want to talk to somebody about health care right now mm -hmm. and by god every single one brought somebody out to me. <laughs> Because I marched in there with a fucking suit on. Yeah. And no, I, he, I agree. Right? I, I, I don't disagree. Right? Yeah. But that avenue is not available to everybody. Sure. Sure. They and have I have to protest. And I, and I guess do... I, I shouldn't say when I say I think protesting stupid, I, I think the, the violent protesting is absolutely stupid unless it's just so dire and so intrinsic that it's going to change the foundation of our country. Absolutely. And, 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 Did I, you know and I don't that there have been protests in Ferguson about the violence of the system since Michael Brown was killed. Oh yeah, absolutely. This isn't a new concept. But that's not on but that's not on the news. Yeah, it's not. But when but in uh in Minneapolis, yeah. after George Floyd was kneeled on till he died, they burned the fucking town down. Yeah. Not the whole town, they burned the Wendy's and they burned the Target and they like and it was on TV. Yep. Would those protests have been on TV? Had they not enacted nope. violence, would Absolutely George not. Floyd's name, would Breonna Taylor's name be in the mouths of anybody who wants to talk about race relations now if they hadn't gone to violence because that's what the system understands? Yeah. 
no i and i agree and i and i think and i we granted not as large of a scale in different states but there was a lot of that in iowa following the the death of george floyd and I, I was. Did you I, see? Did you see any coverage of Black Lives Matter protests on from from Cedar Rapids? Yeah, I did actually. Um, did you? A okay. lot of them would actually go where they were first popping up and would would stream live on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So you would. I remember taking a couple of them in, especially one in like Coralville, listening to. And again, I'm going to sound like an asshole, but people that are very young with no life experience yelling at 55 year old police chiefs, and I'm just like, I know you're upset, but talk to the guy. Like like start a dialogue. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to stand there and yell. And I, I get the frustration, but the frustration has to lead to a, you know, some kind of a solution. But they're yep. not even wanting to listen to the solution. And that, that was a lot of these young people just wanted to be, I think, part of something. And I get it. Like, it, it feels like you're part of something and you're a part of a movement. And I get it. But, like, I was in Iowa City a couple of weeks ago and I had, a, I had a, a black guy come up to me with three other black, three other black friends wanting me to denounce my, my whiteness and my white privilege and to apologize for being white. And I said, absolutely not. I support you protesting whatever you want to do, but I am not going to do that. Absolutely not. And I walked away and they said some not so nice things to me, but I, I was like, it's better if, if I walk away now before this gets bad, but I'm not going to apologize for being white. I'm not going to, I'm not going to admit to white privilege. It's, 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 it's too, it's too aggressive. It's if, if that's the solution they're after there, it's, it's not a good idea. And that's going to be the reaction of the voting populace. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump's administration, I'm not voting for Donald Trump, but his voter base is going to eat that shit up. The law and order shit was all over this debate tonight. That was the term, law and order. What are you going to do about it, Joe? Are you going to do what I'm doing? And there was this weird, like, this idea that, like, Joe Biden is this, like, um, super left-wing progressive. It's so <laughs> bizarre to me. I know. Like I, I am a super left wing progressive. But I'll listen. Incredibly bizarre to me. But I'll listen to like people like talk about him like he's this like. Per, I'm like he's not. He's not any of those things. Not he, yeah. He's not controlled by Bernie. No, Are you insane. Absolutely not. And and I and that's where it's although like, Bernie is working harder to elect Joe Biden than Joe Biden's working to elect Joe Biden right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I did notice that he was Bernie was was tweeting a lot this week, but. But that, that kind of law and order stuff plays well with that base. And you would think, like, with the way I'm talking, oh, I should be a Trump voter because I won't denounce my white privilege. Fuck no, I'm not going to vote for Donald. I, I don't support any of that stuff. I don't support the, the militias, the Proud Boys. I don't support Antifa. I, I know you're making logical points, and I get in some of those situations that applies. But unfortunately, a majority of the stuff I've seen from Antifa is extremely violent. And it's a lot of people caught in the crossfire that shouldn't have been caught in the crossfire. But then again, I, I have to, to to call hypocrisy on myself. A lot of these journalists and these people are putting themselves in harm's way. It's kind of like when, when, when journalists embed themselves over in the Middle East and one of them gets their head blown off. And you want to feel sorry, but they kind of put themselves there, though, because they wanted to give you the story. But at the same time, he volunteered to go there or he or she. And it's like... I watch that stuff and I'm like, I feel bad for that person, but that person put themselves in that situation. So you're putting yourself at risk and it really doesn't feel to me. And I know you'll disagree, but to me, it doesn't feel that important to be putting your, your life at risk over this stuff. And I get what you were saying I, about the privilege. I, I feel stuff, like right. it's a, it is the epitome of allyship to put your your in the journalist case to bring the story to Americans about what the foreign service of America is doing 
or what the military of America Absolutely. is doing or how the policies that are decided by the people we're going to vote for are being enacted, uh, enacted and, yeah. and the outcome and the fallout and to provide and hopefully provide some kind of education for voters like that are sitting here in Iowa that go when Joni Ernst is saying, I'm a strong, I support a strong military. Well, what does that mean? You just like, what does that mean? Like yeah, I've read about this and X, Y, and Z and, and like, I know that, that our policy in Afghanistan and Iraq has been fucking atrocious. Terrible. Since October of 2001. Mm-hmm. Like we, I, I've talked to military members who were there in, in, in October of 2001 who had secured the country the Northern Alliance Karzai was in uh, 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 the capital and the Northern Alliance was in control of the country and some of our military leaders wanted to jump in the country so we had combat drops and the landing zones were marked by the fucking headlights of the trucks from the special forces guys who had secured the area. Jesus. Not even like IR shit, not like super secret night drop. Like, yeah, can you guys see my headlights? Yep, right here. Drop here. Jesus. Like like that is the kind of policy you get when you're blindly going after like this bullshit that we saw tonight. This national zero stuff, specificity. Yeah. Yeah. National pride. There's a lot like, of nationalism. I, I actually forgot to bring this up on the last podcast, but when I see Donald Trump flags around Iowa on flagpoles, yeah. I'm like, has this ever happened with another president? Like, I don't remember seeing Obama flags. I don't no. remember seeing Bush flags. I don't remember seeing uh, Bill Clinton flat. Like, I would, there's the basic election you know, merchandise, the, the yard signs, right. the bumper stickers, t-shirt. I don't ever remember seeing people flying flags and it just feels very like nationalism times a hundred and it's gross. And I, and I just, I, it's it, the, like the hat was one thing, like the hat was kind of stupid, but I was like, all right, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a hat. Like, yes, it's, it's stupid. If you wear a, a hat, you're dumb, but whatever, if it makes you feel better and it, it's like it's like it's like wearing a hat for your team for if, if 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 you're a football fan or whatever. It's like wearing it. Mm-hmm. I get it. But when I started seeing the flags, I was like, wait a second. People were flying the American flag with Trump flags, as if. Well, not even that. Like I'm, I have a house down the street from me in Toddville, where they have a Trump flag, a couple Trump flags, and a blue line. Thin blue oh, line yes. Confederate flag. Yep. Yep. I've They've adapted those. the Confederate flag to have a thin, like the blue hues yep. and have a thin blue line Confederate flag. I've seen a lot of the blue flags, the blue and line that, flags. Yeah. And that shit goes back to um, this law and order mm-hmm. and what Trump wouldn't do, which would be to denounce right wing violence. Yeah, that the clip you you played well, yeah. it was probably half an hour ago. I now, know but. we kind of we went we, we, <laughs> we went off topic, but that clip, the point of that clip was his refusal to denounce white supremacy, um, these militia groups that are being violent. Um, I think where we went off was when Biden wouldn't apologize for Antifa. And then we went into the Antifa stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we went off the rails a little bit, but that I thought was Trump's biggest blunder tonight was just not even answering the question. And, and Chris Wallace at one point, I don't know if it was part of that clip, like was like, are you going to answer the question? Like, and yeah. I remember him going, well, you tell me, 
like who do, hey, who do i need to apologize for <laughs> it's like yeah that was a little scary you're the one that can't keep his words straight dude yeah that was that was a bit much but, but the one the thing we were talking about right before that the defund the police yeah yeah the if you were like so i'm gonna i'm gonna take the the idea of defunding the police at face value that that somebody wants to rip funds away from protecting your neighborhood and it just goes into the ether sure the only way that that happens is what's happening right now with the revenues by tax revenues from lack of sales from the lack of from the millions and millions of people who are unemployed and underemployed who aren't spending money that the states and the and the local governments rely upon that money the the income tax because they aren't able to print their own dollars and they don't have state banks and they don't by and large typically don't have much of a rainy day fund anymore the lack of incoming revenue to state and local entities is going to cause a lack of ability to fund necessary programs mm-hmm. and you're going to have to engage with your local city council or your local representatives to find out okay with this lack of budget what's going to get cut are you cutting the library are you cutting like in flint you're cutting corners on with my water or are you going to cut a couple cruisers are you going to cut a couple cops or if you like that that's the defunding the police are the thing that's happening with defunding the police right now is that the lack of revenue because there isn't a cares act too to fund state and local governments by the only entity in the world that can print money which is the united states government or the fed right like that that's not happening congress is fucking gone they're out to lunch they don't give a fuck mm-hmm. or some of them do but they're not willing to fight for it so that is what's happening right now under this president that's the way the police are going to be defunded but if you want to engage with defunding the police on what it actually is which is recognizing that policing a troubled pop a, a troubled community creates a violent feedback loop where the only avenue for the state to intervene in a cycle of poverty or a cycle of desperation or when people actually need help they send an agent of the state who has two main tools violence and incarceration right like your police you the agent is given sure by the state two tools violence and incarceration and you may have somebody and i'm sh- there are undoubtedly great cops out there that really want to help that would come to you and sit down and talk to you about your needs right mm-hmm. like, yeah. or help you like if you're if you get a flat tire on the highway they'd pull up and make sure that you're safe yeah uh think things like that sure but if you're having a hard time and you're going to get evicted who comes the sheriff yeah if you're having a fight who comes the sheriff or the or the cops if you need help and they send the cops and the cops are dealing with violent people or the cops have in their brains that they're going to be dealing with violent people, they come keyed up for violence. You get pulled over for a taillight, the cop ostensibly wants to make sure you're safe, that other motorists are safe, let you know that your taillight's out. But they approach the car with the idea that at any moment they're going to get shot and killed because the dynamic between the population and the cop is that this is an agent of the state whose tools are violence and incarceration. Those are the two tools. 
So if you remove the officer from those interactions and you put mental health workers to work and people who are given tools by the state that are nonviolent, that are non-incarceral, we have a drug, a, a homeless person who's got a drug problem or a homeless, like an un unhoused person, um, and you approach them from as an agent of the state saying, hello, I am, this is my, my gig. My gig is to engage with you to help you get on a better path. Would you like to come with me? Or I can see you're having the worst day of your life and my job is to help you and I have X, Y, and Z tools to help you. When people talk about defunding the police, they're talking about defunding the act of policing and putting those assets that our communities generate into programs that end the violence of poverty, mm -hmm. that end the cycles of poverty, and poverty is violence, that end the cycles of, you know, drug drug addicts going into prison and coming out still still addicted right like that's what defunding the police is so don't if you're listening to this and you've been under the understanding that people just want to get rid of all cops and there would be no one there for you to call if someone's trying to break into your home that's not the plan but that's that's what they that's the 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 we're separating the people that would respond. Yeah. If there's someone when you're in fear for your life, when you talk to there the will average. be somebody there to support you, to help you and to yeah. make sure that, the, that the state is there to protect you from that chaos. Right? The average Joe's not going to hear it that way though. They're going to hear it as, Oh, you want to defund the police, which means there's no police, which means uh, anarchists will run around my neighborhood and set fires and cause violence. And that, cause I, I I've heard that from people mm -hmm. to my face say that. And I'm like, yep. And it's a uh, and it's a bit of a it's a it's a created misunderstanding of the goals of those yeah. protests. Yeah. Where and and here's a good example. Like I've seen videos online. I think specifically it was in Minneapolis, where most of the police in Minneapolis or major cities live in the suburbs. They drive into the the inner like the the city proper, and they police the city proper, and they go back out to the suburbs. And then that's where they live. That's where their kids go to school. That's where they buy their houses. That's where they buy. That's where they buy their food. That's where they buy their clothes. That's where they shop. That's where they go for entertainment. So the the cities create the wealth, goes into the taxation system, and then the bulk of all these cities expenditures go to salaries and overtime. And then when that money's spent, it's not spent in the city for economic development because that's where the officers work. There's a, a racial divide that the officers who police them don't live where they police. And the, the tax money isn't spent in the place in which it's generated. Mm -hmm. And so that money rockets out to the suburbs and leaves that cycle of poverty in the inner city. Uh -huh. And so like these are the kind of dynamics that people are talking about trying to correct. That when you hear people saying, well, they're trying to get rid of all the fucking police. <laughs> You know, like they're yeah. just trying to make, you know, I, I'm going to sit in my house and I'm going to have to sit up and I never get any sleep. And I'm going to have to sit on the front porch, make sure no Antifa come out here and uh -huh. fucking yeah. burn my shit down because there's no fucking cops anymore. That's not what did you did you. And I know this is very like locally based, but I remember a few months ago there was like a uh, it was incorrectly uh, affiliated with the Cedar Rapids Police Department that there was like a memo that was sent out internally that 
you need to keep your outside uh, lights on at night because there's there's they're bringing people in from Chicago and they said they're going to they're going to go through the suburbs of different Cedar Rapids locations and fuck mm-hmm. shit up and set fires and and Pete like I knew Pete legitimately knew people that that night were getting their their guns ready they were keeping their lights on they were sending texts to to yeah. family members saying hey do this stay awake don't go to bed tonight and it ended up being completely false and the, the cedar rapids to police department thankfully corrected that and said you know that we we the, the, this is not happening but we we have people you know on patrol so should something go wrong you'll be fine but there was that panic moment of like oh my and i remember for a couple of minutes like is this real like is this really happening and then i was thinking like jesus like what is going on and then of course it did nothing happened but mm-hmm. there, there's that, that fear that, that people play off of though yeah, and for anybody who's not familiar with how like the Midwest or how this works, if you are within like 800 miles of Chicago, the urban legend is what well, they're just busting in from Chicago uh-huh. to steal our cars. Yeah. I guess they I should steal our the... cars out here, and they come out here and they steal stuff, and then they come out for initiations because yep. they come out here and they they do violence and they kill people for initiations, and they go back to the, the Chicago, and that's how they get in the gangs. Well, I mean, no, there's, that that's a common no, that's a common misconception that yes, no. there are people that have moved here from Chicago, but there's this like overwhelming premise that the, the Chicago violence was migrated right. to Cedar Rapids. And there are gangs right. in Cedar Rapids. There are gang affiliations that do gang initiations in Cedar Rapids. I witnessed one by co college one time, but it's not happening in like this massive drove that there that, you know, you like what Sean's referring to when someone will say like, no. so to someone that, you know, that's in their like sixties, it's a Chicago. You're like, Oh God. Yeah. It's like, so it's I, just, I fly a lot, and then I always fly through Chicago because yeah. no matter what you fly, if you connect there, like, and I fly forty weeks a year before COVID, you're gonna get stranded. And so I prefer to get stranded in Chicago so I can rent a one-way car and drive home. It's about four hours. And so you'll be sitting in the in the airport, and then they'll go, "Oh, and uh, sorry. sorry, buddy, we're canceling this. So if you want to get in line, we can hopefully get you out tomorrow. We got four flights tomorrow." And I'll just you know, I'll get on my computer, bickety bam, rent a one-way car, and I'll stand up and say, "Hey, does anybody want to join me? I just rented a minivan. Uh, it's free. Just, I'm driving home tonight. If anybody wants to jump in, you're more than welcome." And there have been multiple, like I've done it probably a dozen times over the last four or five years, and uh, uh, almost every time I get a car full of people, and it's an interesting thing, and it gets real weird when you're driving. And then you're talking to some old lady from Southern Iowa who's like, who yeah. launches into this. Yeah, that. Diatribe. And you have to sit there with like, like a couple lady. professors, a couple college students from from U of I, and then this racist lady from Southern Iowa who starts going on, and then like it gets super quiet and really awkward. Uh huh. Yeah. And then you like... realize like, oh, it's up to me to like argue with this old lady. <laughs> It's been, I, I'm, I'm right. Dude, it's been uncomfortable the last couple of months with the black lives matter stuff happening around me. Cause I do support that. Those protests a hundred percent, not a big fan of the, the violence that gets attached to that. Um, cause that does unfortunately happen, especially with, but there's this, there's this, um, and, and Sean knows what I'm talking about when I say this, this, the term Iowa nice. Yeah, it's true. Um, until you start talking about race. Mm-hmm. And I've heard some pretty fucking racist stuff from these supposed Iowa nice people in the last. Who couple wouldn't months. think that they're racist for saying? Yeah, it. they like, don't. It's like a broth that you're 
that you're you're stewed in yeah and you're told like we're not racist but this is just the way the world is i'm not a racist and that's how the the sentence world is hey i'm not racist but whenever you hear that i go oh my here we go and i just i just get ready for it and i take it in and and it's uh you know it's an it's a it's a it's scary a fucked up perception and then there's also a classist element to it too Uh uh-huh where where they would tell you it's not, well i'm not racist it's just how those people act but there's plenty of good ones and it could be it could be black people it could be uh hispanics it could be white people i mean even when you talk like you can talk to people around here about a trailer park and it, well those people right like the creatures of walmart type like mentality right <laughs> the like they are so other they're different and it's a classist yeah ideology yeah that you're both baked in this like classist tropes and uh-huh. understanding of the world w- mixed in with racism it's like this fucking stew it's a melting pot that, yeah that everyone is broiled in here that like my parents worked really hard to break me out of that that you, you would know that it's out there but like it's not acceptable but like, well, that's why I, you, I, when I hear like the the term, and I I want to, when when you said the the word privilege, you're right in the sense of like where I'm at now in life. Absolutely, I was not like that growing up though. Was not I was even a little bit below middle class. I was when I grew up, my neighbors were Vietnamese, black, uh, Mexican, everything. Like, mm-hmm. and this was a different part of Cedar Rapids. This the joke is it's from the other side of the tracks in Cedar Rapids. Yeah, and that's that's where I grew up. I don't live in that area now, but I live twenty minutes away from it now. Um, but when I hear that term privilege, I think, well, I I was in that environment. I was technically surrounded by other families that were mm-hmm. going through the same exact thing. But th- my 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 battle with it is understanding it. But then when I'm being, but then when I have a group of guys confronting me, telling me to denounce my whiteness, I'm like, what is going on? Like, why would you come at me with that? Like, do I, Mm -hmm. I must, I must have this aura or this look to me that I'm just like sipping on, you know, the most expensive bottle of wine that I can get my hands on. You are walking around with a kombucha. We know it. With a kombucha while I'm reading the wall street journal and, and you know, like, like why? And I, I even said that to, I go, what, what about that seems normal to you to walk up to a stranger and think that's okay to say. And they had no response for it. It was just pure aggression. So Mm -hmm. I'm so happy I was able to just turn around and walk. And obviously there was some fucked up shit said to me when I was walking away, but I knew the right thing to do is to walk away. And I'm in a different position now. I'm a dad now. So I don't fucking put myself in these dumb Mm -hmm. fucking positions anymore. I just refuse to allow myself to put myself at risk. So when I hear these antifa and and these these fucking proud boy i'm like i would i would be running the other way i'd be like i'm getting the fuck out of here sean i'm not putting my there's nothing worth it to me Mm -hmm. to to put my life at risk to put myself in these situations so i i I, maybe i i did a very poor job of explaining that earlier in the podcast so i wanted to take the opportunity quickly to reiterate what i was trying to say but i'm really conscious now being a father and this this happens when you have a kid and sean knows with two children yeah, you just you you your brain flicks this weird switch that you didn't even know existed, and I two years ago that happened to me, and I'm like, all right, pfft, all that dumb fucking shit I would say to somebody's face yeah. in a bar or 
you know, I would, I would get mouthy. Not, none of that. That's out. I'm done. I, I'm out. No, no thanks. I'd rather go home and watch fucking puppy dog pals and, and, and be calm and, and quiet and go to bed. You mm-hmm. know, it's just that, that part of my brain is gone. So when I, when I see these things and you're right, the media intrinsically focuses on when it, I mean, my, my favorite line is when it bleeds, it leads. I, I get it. So when I see that stuff, that, that, that's my impression of Antifa. I totally get what you're saying. Cause what you were saying was logical, made sense. It was a good example. I see Antifa. I see guys wearing black masks, hitting people with bike chains. And mm-hmm. I think to myself, I want nothing to do with that. I see these proud boy guys getting, putting tattoos on their forearms and wearing make America great hats and punching people in the face. I want nothing to do with that. So when I hear Trump tonight at this debate, refusing to denounce that. And then I hear Joe Biden say, well, Antifa is not that it just, I, I, I was grossed out by both responses. Obviously Trump's was a lot worse than Biden's, but Biden's to me was, was also not good. And it just, this, this idea that if you, you it's, it's to me, denouncing violence is more important than picking a fucking team right now. It, that, that to me is more important. We don't need the violence. It's not going to accomplish anything. And I yeah. know, I know I'm talking, I know I'm, I know I'm, I sound like a fuck. I sound like the fucking hippie from Beavis and Butthead, the, the, the hippie teacher. But it's, to me, that doesn't accomplish anything. It just, it just makes things worse. And when I agree, so I, I agree in that, that cycle of violence, um, your, I don't, I shouldn't say your people's perception of the movement of black lives matter is now inextricable with violence, with violence right? Yeah, and so people yeah. are. And you can see it on online that BLM equals terrorists, uh-huh. right? Like yep. there are people who legitimately think that Black Lives Matter protesters are terrorists because they yep. walk through downtown with signs for equality. Yep. And 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 it does a bit of a dis, it does a disservice to the to the movement. The, the violence can do a disservice to the movement, but. I do think that in history that violence will be disaggregated from the movement as history is written. Case in point, the civil rights movement. Yeah. No, right? I, I, like, I, like the people that we laud today. Yeah, no, that was an incredibly important <clears throat> movement, 100%. And, and, and this is a continuation of it. And so I... I I do think the types of violence, like if you have if you have left wing or or libertarian or non affiliated people who take advantage of the of the protest yeah. to go and do violence, yeah, that's fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah, right. And I have heard many accounts from journalists who would go and march in Black Lives Matter protests, and there would be older organizers who would uh i use police in the term of in terms of like coordinate people and ensure that nobody's acting out in a violent way sure and if somebody did they'd come over and say knock that off that's not yeah and i doing, think that's right i think that's good that's I'm, i, I would and, hope that would happen more often right and so yeah antifa marching alongside of them not acting out yeah. But then putting themselves on the line when right wing fascists come to the march, I just I just can't find a, a similarity 
between the instigators of the violence and those who would put themselves out and go, I'm right here. I'm ready to fight you. Like, yeah. That's why I'm yeah. here. That's my role in this organization. Some and that's of these the other people, problem too, is the, the, the stuff I see is, is vastly different from what you're describing. So my yeah. initial impression is these. And when you, when you get the perception because the cameras flick on when yep. the violence starts, yep. yeah, then it's both sides is Yep. But but if you talk to these people or read the book like that book by Mark Bray and yeah. realize that these people like in the like in New York, there's a guy named Nat uh shit, what's his name? He's just, I, I, I listened to a you can go on Amazon, you go to Audible, and it's a free little uh thing about the Jewish resistance against the American Bund. And the Nazis would have their rallies and these guys would go out and uh, stand there and fucking throw stink bombs and throw bows with uh, uh, Nazis. <laughs> Put sugar in their gas tanks and, yeah. go and try and fuck them up. And, and you, the story is now written as this remarkable act of anti-fascist, right? Yeah. Like it, he's lauded for, for doing that. You, know, you fucking yeah. punch Nazis. That's what you do. Yeah. But at the time, there were people going, well, is, is punching Nazis really the bad thing to do? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, you know the, I mean? it's, it's very, yeah, you know, you're right. Or, it, it just or really a good thing to do, rather. Sorry. Yeah. So I guess we got a little bit far afield. Are there, how long have we been going so far? Almost two hours. Do we want to hit up any other topics? Cause there's, um, um, I, I've pretty much hit everything from the debate that I wanted to hit. Is there anything that, that we didn't hit that, um, that – because I think the overwhelming response was like, what a shit show. Yeah. Um, there was climate, there was there climate was a, change was yeah. given a bit of a, a a bit of a shout out a couple times. It did towards which, the end about the fires in California. Did did you yeah. Biden blamed global warming for the derecho show in Iowa? Did you yeah. how did you feel about that one? Yeah, it was right on. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, it's global warming. Like these things magically start happening. Because I uh, I'm definitely on board with with scientists and then the studying of climate change, but I don't know if a once in a forever storm like if that starts happening frequently like land hurricanes start happening more frequently then i'd be that one felt like i was like eh, that i i have to be honest with you when he said it mm-hmm. i went eh, like, well that's like if you're right if if we didn't have to go into uh the greek alphabet to name tropical storms exactly. and hurricanes yep. and we didn't have a world like a historic lack of of sea ice in the arctic and we didn't have unprecedented fire, like wildfires. Then I would say, yeah, it might be a bit of a push. With some but of like, these wildfires, the I mean, granted, the 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 circumstances of of the the state of California. I mean, this isn't the first time that this country, that this that that state's been battling fires. But a lot of these were man created fires, though. So are we blatantly ignoring that though? Too that someone exacerbated something that already was kind of it was already a, a delicate situation. And then you just yeah. have really, really dumb people creating well, oh, these right. fires. Well, the ignition point doesn't really matter, right? The inability to contain it. The inability and to the contain size it's a and yes. The, yes. The, the, the speed in which they spread yeah. is the thing that climate change is causing. Like the the lack of rainfall is one of the things. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. lack of rainfall. Like there's just – you could point to every single thing that happens. You can You couldn't specifically say like – Oh, this is caused by climate change, but you can point to the totality of world events and go, yeah, something's 
Something's going on Something's here. Something's definitely. I mean, there's, there's, the, the pro, This is my biggest issue with the right is that they will be so against certain topics, and when, when, when climate change comes up, they're so vehement. Like a lot of them will just say, "I just don't believe in it." But they'll go to their doctor and listen to what their doctor tells them to do, and they'll trust every word their doctor says. But then I'm noticing some of these people have been resistant to uh, COVID uh, suggestions by by doctors, and say, "No, no, no." I but it's like the, the same person that will go to the doctor, get an evaluation. They'll they'll tell you do this, change this, or this will happen. They'll follow that. But if someone says, "Hey, you might want to wear a mask," or uh, whatever the example might be that this climate change thing. Yeah. They'll, they'll just be, Nope, 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 Nope. It's like very, it's like, it's like buffet. Uh, like I, like there's the, the term cafeteria Catholics where the, a lot of Catholics will just blatantly ignore tons of things. And I'm that, that's me talking. Cause I used to be, I was raised in that environment and I'm not religious yep. anymore, but that that's why same, same here. I know you're talking about. <laughs> so the, yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about that. Like that just blatant, like, Oh, we'll, we'll follow a couple of these things and then we'll just blow past like all this other right. shit. And I, it, that, that's always been the strangest thing to me about the right. Um, is they'll, they'll trust some stuff, but then other stuff they're like, Nope. And I, and right. the climate changes and is, is always been in that. And I get it. Al Gore didn't really help. Um, and, and I get it, you know, it, that some of the stuff that he was pushing, uh, was a little aggressive. Well, not a little. Was very aggressive. A lot of aggressive predictions that never came true. I get it. Um, but I, I like also. What? But well, I, like what? What were the aggressive? There was a lot of statistical data that they were pushing. I want to say as far back as two thousand one and two, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit prior to that, predicting that the environment that we're in now was going to be a lot worse than it's actually become. That my, my, my pro and then also enacting a lot of taxes on stuff that wasn't going to accomplish a lot. And if it did accomplish stuff, it was also enriching profits for companies that were creating these taxes. Mm-hmm. And it was very bizarre. It was like they, they were acknowledging that there was a problem. And I was like, yes, I agree with you. There's a problem. But then there was people profiting from that problem as which, which isn't like an uncommon thing in, in, in this economy. Like there's people benefiting mm-hmm. from this coronavirus outbreak. I mean, I'm one of the, I work for a company that literally financially benefited from this because we put conduit in the ground and there needed to be more bandwidth because of everyone having to lock down. Mm, so when okay. I, so when I saw people financially benefiting from climate change, I went, hold on a second here. Yeah. So you're telling me that so you, what, we're on the same page, but then you're going to make money off of this too at the same time by, by the, the yeah. that's where that started. It to, seems like you're creating your own scam to make money. Yeah. Right? Like, and, it, and that's where so I here, was like, here's the, di- here's like my socialists take okay. on that, that dichotomy like that. When you're looking at those things, the, the feeling you get from the prescription to the illness mm-hmm. feels icky yeah because there's so much profit to be made in the enacting of that prescription it's a neoliberal framework for a solution that okay we have this massive climate crisis coming and we're going to incentivize companies via the tax system to hopefully do what's right to avoid that well wait a minute why don't why don't we just do the right thing? Yeah. Right? Like, like if you just said, if Al Gore had said, instead of this convoluted tax mess that we know is manipulated by companies, that we know our loopholes are found, that we know there's fraud, waste, and abuse, 
if the, if like right now Joe Biden had come out and said the formula is there it's the public works administration the green new deal we have a massive climate crisis coming we have a record amount of un- Americans without a job we're going to start putting solar panels up on it, on the roofs of mm-hmm. anybody who asks for them yeah and we're going to start powering our grid as much as we can with solar and we're going to do it by having the United States government build solar power factories in every state create and jobs every, and all right, that yeah create jobs and we're going to turn those factories over to worker owned co-ops where the workers are the bosses we're going to buy the the solar panels coming off of those lines that the workers are going to own the people of the state are going to benefit from this and we're going to fund it all and then we're going to buy it and build wind turbines and if you're a private company we're going to you can you can provide us the output that we you can give us right now great that's fine but but this bullshit tax like incentivizing via taxes yeah rather than the the economic might of the world's largest economy and a and the country that prints its own money that that we just saw the creation of trillions of dollars to backstop the the uh, uh, stock market that mm-hmm. we gave BlackRock a trillion dollars to <laughs> to backstop their own ETFs so they didn't go fucking bankrupt. It's crazy. Right? Like we yeah. staved off we staved off disaster for the stock market. Whoa, wait a minute. Why the fuck don't we build our infrastructure out? Where okay, Elon. You, you want to make some batteries? You've got battery technology? Great. We're buying that battery technology from you. We could call it nationalizing if you want to feel icky, but we're going to buy that battery technology from you, and we're going to license it to worker-owned co-ops in every state that are going to start building batteries for every household in America so that when we put a wind turbine uh, around in the country or we put them offshore or we start harnessing uh, hydroelectric uh, power and then solar power and then we start hiring Americans to start going to every single property and going hey it's your turn to get geothermal mm-hmm. where do you want me to where where do you want me to vertical bore this and we start putting <sighs> geothermal like, would have come in fucking handy when that derecho hit too I mean Jesus just the amount of panic that got right. set off through that it was enough to make me start thinking about solar power and Right. You know, just the just and it's it's the, the technology exists. It's like I know I know a lot of people that have embraced solar technology in Iowa alone. Right. Right. And, and, and but that's the that's the thing about the ickiness of it I is know. like the system that created the utilities, the, and, the climate change and created created these utility monopolies. Yep. Is the one you want to incentivize I to know. correct it's, it, and the like, one you want to incentivize to I change know. over? Like, like that is, I completely get your reaction to that, and that's where people, again, with the perception of the overall problem, is, isn't really always up for debate in the beginning. Yeah, it's the prescription that people give to that problem. It's True. the it's the solution presented is presented by gross people who are have a track record of lining their own pockets that aren't presenting a solution that is like simple to understand if you stood up in front of america right now i'm pumping five trillion dollars into putting americans to work in putting geothermal so you're going to have a guy 
who's going to be paid by the federal government to come and do a vertical bore drill on your property. It's going to be about a foot around, and then you're going to cover it up with a plug and grass. We're going to do it out in your backyard, and then we're going to force water through it so that you can heat and cool your home to 60-ish degrees year-round. And then we'll do a little bit of effort if it can't keep up in the hot summers, and we're going to give a little bit of effort if it can't keep up in the cold winters. But then your utilities are going to go down, and the government's going to pay to do that. Uh huh. What? Who's going to say no? Sounds nice. Probably not going to happen though. But that's the difference between a neoliberal prescription yeah. of trying to incentivize a market to accomplish a a, a goal that the society needs, and a, and a someone like me, a socialist, who's like, why don't we just fix the problem? <laughs> well, that's you're, that, that's your problem, Sean, that you're looking at it logically. That's not how politics works. And There's a whole group of people. <laughs> it's called Democratic Socialists of America. There you go. You can look it up at democracyatwork.org Sean's and dsa.org. Yeah. And uh, um, there's a lot I feel like we didn't quite touch the... the... Yeah. Oh, we didn't even get to Trump. Uh, um Claiming that there was a coup. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't. I don't know why I blew past that one. Telling people to go watch the polls. Yeah, to yeah. Assuming was, this, uh, I'm assuming it's the same people he refused to denounce. It was voter. He was. He was alleging. Well, there's been a narrative that he set um, that that this election is going to have vampire voter fraud. So he's already pretty much said he's not going to accept the results. Yeah. And they had a little bit of a back and forth about that tonight. Um, about absentee voting and, and Trump was having a back and forth with Chris Wallace about it, about his stance on it and stuff. And, and he's encouraging his, his base, he said to keep an eye on stuff because, and he was citing um, military ballots that had Trump on them. They were being thrown in the trash. And it, so there was, by the way, I was going to bring this up. Um, I saw an article about Nancy Pelosi essentially getting ready for, the house to decide the election if this gets out of hand and that they would need to essentially flip seats to win key majorities in case mm-hmm. there's like just complete chaos after this election. That That's what we could be. I, I really hope it doesn't go this way, but we're five weeks out having these conversations on a podcast, but it's legitimately possible. And Trump yeah. literally said it in the debate tonight that we may not know the winner of the election that night. And he's already setting the table for chaos, like just before it has even happened. Going, yeah, it's probably going to be a lot of chaos. Like, yeah, he's the, encouraging it. This is this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy that 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 this has already been put out into the atmosphere that it's not going to go well, and we're five weeks yep. out. Yep. So there's a lot of pressure on them to get it right, and and we're we're sitting in a melting pot of just a giant shitstorm about to hit us in a couple of weeks, but. Um, so there was, there was so a couple just for context for that. I just, yeah. I just looked it up. There were nine ballots. Nine, so the president, the, the ballots that were thrown away was done by a temporary contractor. There were nine ballots. They were discovered, which is part of the reason that we know there that like voter fraud is discovered. So there's voter fraud and there's electoral fraud. Yep. Voter fraud is where you impersonate you know, your your deceased family member and vote for them, right? That's a voter fraud. And then electoral fraud is like what happened in, I think, South Carolina, where the uh, Republican was going around collecting Democratic ballots and then throwing them away. Yeah. 
right? Like there's a couple different, like there's one systemic and then there's some of their individual. And it's funny because you find these things out. Like the, this person was found out and they were fired and it was nine ballots. So in the hundreds of millions of ballots that are going to be cast, the president wants to try and invalidate the results that he knows are coming. Like he must know he's going to lose if those mail-in ballots are counted. It's not looking good for him in some of these battleground states from a poll and perspective. And I can only hope for, I can only hope so, but fuck, they like look at tonight, Joe Biden. Oof, I know, I can't imagine they nominated be, again. I know. The only person that could have lost to this man. Yep. The only person. We're Amy Klobuchar would have wiped the floor with him. See, I don't even know. Kamala man. Harris would have wiped the floor with him. I don't think so. I do. Dude, I, I'm. Well, I don't like Kamala Harris, but we'll get into that. In a Elizabeth Warren would have wiped. You, undeniably smart. I don't think her policies are that great. Undeniably, she could have delivered. From a from a well, person, I could give you yeah. From a debate perspective, she would probably right. have a, a, a slight right. advantage. But, um, I think the the overwhelming sense as we hit the we're hitting the two hour mark here, is, I didn't feel great. I don't think you felt great. Um, nope. it, supposedly there's going to be more. Um, obviously we'll we'll talk about. Uh, I mean it's such a short amount of time to because normally they do two debates and then there's one vice presidential debate um i don't even are they planning to do a vice presidential debate between kamala harris and mike pence or yeah they are okay that was on the list so we'll obviously check those out as as uh as the weeks progress but um yeah i i I didn't feel great about it um i know you didn't either so it's been it's been rough on a positive note, we got some some positive feedback. Uh, we didn't get any voice messages yet. I'd love for people, if you're listening to this, anchor.fm slash flyoverpolitics. There's a message button. You can click it, and you can leave us an audio message. We will play it in its entirety on the show, good or bad. I mean, obviously, I'm going to tell Sean if if it's bad, but he'll probably want to play it anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, no, we'll, we'll, pay it. we'll play it. But we got, we got some good feedback. So uh, my buddy Goosey, who you probably remember back from the original version of the show, immediately yeah. chimed in when, <laughs> as soon as I tweeted out first episode, we did a thing. The first tweet in was yes, and then he said he missed you, lunatic lefties. So he immediately put me in the lefty category because I don't like Donald Trump. That's always hilarious. <laughs> um, and then you joke back. He goes, I think he was asking if we were going to, if Sean was going to talk about his love of uh, AOC and Ilhan Omar. And you're like, not this episode. I loved your response, by the way. That was hilarious. The, not this one. <laughs> not this episode, but I'm happy to, happy to. I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, I want to thank uh, also Evan O'Brien saying great listening. Enjoyed it a lot. And then we also got a tweet from uh, hail to the lion that said, great show. I remember. Uh, Sean's segment on the majority report when it first aired wild stuff. Can't wait for this election. And we're constantly being blasted with ads out here in Pennsylvania. Um, he was referring to the segment we played on the uh, first show when uh, Sean called into the majority report, uh, talking about the, the Iowa caucuses, um, uh, debacle. We got a couple comments over on Facebook, one from Greg McNeish saying that Iowa picks corn, not presidents. Welcome back to podcasting. <laughs> And one from uh, Joseph. Actually, I just I do want to respond to that one. Okay. Uh, I think since like the mid 1800s. No, yeah, since uh, Iowa's been a state in 1865, I think. Um, However, Iowa has voted. 
that's how the presidential uh, election is gone. Yep. So Iowa swung back and forth between blue and red. Um, and every time, as uh, I hate this saying because it's so like West Wingy, but it's like, as goes Iowa, so as goes the, the nation. As goes so, the nation, yes, from the cornfields of Iowa. I know that's the. Yeah. So I guess we both yeah. pick corn and Iowa and yeah. presidents. Yeah, I guess I'm getting do. tired. I'm, I know. It's <laughs> having a hard time bringing all this shit together. <laughs> My brain's mush like I Joe Biden's well, from this debate. It, uh, we watched a, a long debate tonight. Uh, and then the last comment came from Joseph. This is the same show you did the night that Drumpf, as he wrote it, won the election. Uh, it was good shit uh, downloading now. So thank you for, for the initial comments. Of course, I am at AdamUIowa on Twitter. Sean has a new Twitter handle. Now I will let you plug that one. Uh, it's FlyoverSean, S-E-A-N. There you go. So you can tweet at us. Obviously, we will uh, be engaging on that as well. And I just tossed a couple links out on on Facebook. I was a little, I, I got to be honest with you, Sean. I did the little 45, 50 second clip of you giving your prediction for the debate mm-hmm. and the, the little trans uh, transcription. And yeah. I put that on my personal Facebook account. And I remember waking up the next day going, I don't know if I should have done that because it is politics, but you would, there are some people who would get very like offended quickly because you essentially were, um, dunking on trump in that clip i used but we were both having a pretty broad conversation on that first episode i at least i thought we did mm-hmm. um but if you just heard that little 45 second clip you probably thought all oh, these guys just are gonna fucking rail trump for an hour or two or something like that and that really wasn't the case i'm not above that i know you're not above that but it, we want to be like i want like i feel like we were decently fair i, I feel like we were but i'm decently fair i would like to like, think so i but... won't accept the premise that that man lays out when he says something like you've been doing this for 47 years why didn't you fix it like all right that's true you can he can he can say something that is correct and accurate and i can hate him till the end of time and that's how i feel passion too. passion of a yeah. burning sun i can i can acknowledge when he gets a good zinger in and i can also acknowledge when i think when i think he says something completely stupid and he did yeah. that tonight so uh, but I do think he won the debate. Do you think he won, or did you think Biden won? No, I think we all lost. I think we all think lost, but I do think Trump performed a lot better. I, but I can't even, like, just by, again, you would have to accept it as the, like, there's no way to say one of them won or lost because yeah. Trump didn't debate. They yelled at each, like Trump yeah. yelled at Biden. Yeah, and Biden I wouldn't. I wouldn't debate. use it like it wasn't. Yeah, I wouldn't use it like, in the context of like he made better points. I would just say from a, yeah. from like a like if you're watching it from like a, like a strict this guy versus this guy standing yeah. at a podium talking into a microphone. I thought Trump did better, but I also have no intentions of voting for him because of this night. <laughs> and I, right. and I also thought it was probably one of the worst presidential debates I've ever watched. And there's been some it bad was ones. The worst presidential debate I've ever seen. It was embarrassing. Trump, Trump, I guess here's what happened. Trump changed it from a debate to a yelling match yep. and won. Yep. So like there's a guy I work with that would re- will regularly say, Never get into a wrestling match with a pig because you're going to get muddy and the pig is going to enjoy it. And That's what that, happened tonight. That was, a, you know what? I, I could not put that any better. That's exactly what tonight was like. Absolutely. hundred percent. It was, well, you have to give him, you have to give him some level of deference because he's the president of the United States of America. So yeah, 
But yes, it is. You know, it is what it is. You, you, You're as in. much of a fucking clown show as he is, he's the president. And so there's just a level, like, he has a level of authority that, yeah. like, all right, we got a debate. And all right. You're the guy in the fucking chair, so I guess stand up behind that mic and there you go. That's how it went down. All right, Sean. Well, yeah, if you want to leave us that feedback though, anchor.fm slash flyover politics. And we the the show I want to mention too is now officially on Spotify. It's on anchor.fm, which you can get through the app or through the browser. It's also uh, on pocket casts and radio public i'm efforting to get it through itunes and google podcasts and more because there's there's a lot of different places you can do the distribution for the show there's apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, there's breaker there's out overcast there's cast there's a ton so it's moving slowly because we're new but we will get on these platforms i promise you um but for now spotify anchor are the the top two i would say to get us uh for the time being until we uh we get that train rolling. So uh, we went longer than I thought we were going to because of how <laughs> shitty that debate was. But we, right. we ended up kind of delving into some good topics, though, that I think we should revisit. Um, I definitely I want to revisit to. the Antifa stuff. Um, I need to do a little uh, reflecting and, and research and, and come back at it and, and revisit that. So I think that would be good. Um, but, yeah, that's... There's, there's, I, was, for those of you who are following along on Twitter, I'll post a few things tonight on the things I referenced. Um, the anti-fascist, I think it's anti-fascist handbook by Mark Bray, and then the uh, uh, podcast by uh, the Rand Corporation. Or it wasn't the podcast by the Rand Corporation. It was, uh, let me find it, uh, Pitchfork Economics. Yeah, and the podcast was inequality is costing workers fifty trillion. I'll post both of those at uh, at Flyover Sean on Twitter. Sean already texted it to me as he was going on. I just had to save it. I found it and I was like, "Oh diet. fuck! How do oh, I save this?" Yeah. And I, was, I was text it to Adam. I, was, I literally I was sitting here looting. I heard bloop. I'm like, "Oh god, Sean's just fucking on the ball tonight, man." He's that's he's how like, my wife and I save um, like things that we need to remember. So is you don't like, forget, yeah. Like my wife will just text me like a list of shit, and she's like, "That's not for you. It's for me to remember it." <laughs> I just need and, to remember so I can go back and look at them. <laughs> right, and you like you like you, the only like the fastest app you can open is the text app because we text each other all day yeah. constantly, even yeah. though we're like on other sides of the house. Yeah, and then like I'm gonna order this for the kids later, but just wanted to put it like I just save it here. Okay, <laughs> or you could use like notes and Google, like that's what yeah. I do, but. You know, so yeah, we have a shared notes thing, but yeah. that I don't know. I don't know why. Just then you have to delete it later. You do, you and, do it, and then you can pen know. it, and then you have too many, and yeah, no, it gets yeah. it gets and, messy. And then the other one is like recipes. Like I'm the cook in the house, nice. and so like I'll, like randomly, I'll just get texted like eight recipes from my wife. I'm like, oh, do she's this. hungry. <laughs> she <laughs> she's wants hungry. And she wants me to go make some food. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a nice, it's a good relationship. I can choose between these eight recipes to make tonight. And wow. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ingredients. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good method though. It works. It works. It for works. You, so that's good. All right. So I have no idea the next time we're going to do one of these, but I'm sure we'll do one sooner rather than later. Uh, we pumped out uh, two podcasts in one week. So that's pretty good. In a matter of like three days, too. Yeah, so. since I'm not the one doing any of the editing or work, <laughs> I say we do one this weekend. We should just come right back at it. I'm like, Sean. No, actually, I will. I will say it was dramatically easier to go with an audio format because it's a lot. It's a lot faster, more efficient on my end. But the uh, that believe it or not, that little transcription thing was a, took some effort. It took me longer than I thought. I was learning really? it though. Yeah, because it, it it transcribes the segment, but it doesn't do it perfect. 
So there's yeah. some words that were transcribed that weren't, uh, I had to go back and fix, but I love that okay. though. I thought that was cool. A little snippet from the show. So I will keep doing that. But, um, I like the audio approach cause I just got so burnt out on doing live podcasts on YouTube and the, the prep work. But I know, I know goosey asked us on Twitter if we were going to be live on YouTube reacting to the debate, but I, that just sounded like it was going to be hard to do so. But I, I do think we could do that on election night. Like we did a couple uh, four or five years ago. Cause I think that, that, that was just easier to take in because we the results were slowly trickling in. But that's one of those things where we may not get – because I, I, if I recall when we did that four years ago, we didn't know that Trump was the winner when we went off the air. So it happened like – It was trending that direction. It was trending that direction. The but other we, day yeah. and it was a sad reminder of, of – uh, <laughs> Yeah, you were mad. I remember that. It's fucking mad. So we'll have to – we should revisit some of that audio. That'd be fun. I'd love to. Cool. All right, Sean. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this and thanks for sitting through that debate and uh, – if you also sat through it, man, you're a wonderful person because that, that was a rough one. That was a real, real rough one. But we'll see if they do it again, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely come back and, and do another one of these. But in the meantime, we will uh, we'll come back with another podcast fresh with hot takes on what's going on and the election and all that fun stuff. So, And, and revisiting certain topics because I know that's, that's Sean. Sean wanted to have at least one focus, and I totally agree because we can't just constantly go off the rails on, on current events because – Eventually, current events run up when when this stuff calms down a little bit. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll be more focused on specific things. I think yeah. that'll be fun, a good good way to explore beyond like the initial talking points, right? For yeah. both both of our sides, like let's let's really get into this and discuss it. We had a lot of things we touched on tonight, but didn't go terribly yeah. deep on. So let's flesh it out. Let's, well, yeah, let's figure we'll it there. out. All right, everybody, uh, we will be back soon. Sean, I will. Uh, let you close with uh, your famous last words to close up our post-debate uh, show here. Think for yourself. For the love of God, think for yourself. <laughs> All right, everybody. See ya.